What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. You're listening to Comedy Central. Now hiring. Applebee's is offering a free appetizer when you apply for a job at their locations. As part of their plan to hire 10,000 new team members, I don't know why I'm chuckling like this, Applebee's last week offered free appetizers to anybody. Jacqueline, what restaurant could lure you in to apply for a job knowing damn well you don't want it in exchange for one of their appetizers? What's the one place? I would go to Applebee's, cheese sticks, any of that stuff. I would eat it. I am serious. No. I would. Any restaurant on earth. I've opened up the whole earth to you. Uh-huh. The whole earth. The whole earth. Any restaurant. Yes. Any appetizer. Yes. All you have to do is walk in and pretend you need a job. You know you're eating good. And you saying you would choose. And it's not a knock on Applebee's. It's a very delicious no. place. I was raised on Applebee's as a road comic. But that's what you would choose. No, that's not necessarily what I would choose. But I don't mind Applebee's. The cheese sticks are good. I would go to Joe's Crab Shack and order the crab stuff mushrooms. Why? Hands down, top. I would apply every day. I would apply every day, and they would be like, "Didn't you apply yesterday?" Be like, "Yeah, but I just need to." I updated my resume, and I just want to bring it. I would apply to every Joe's Crab Shack up and down I ninety five. For mushrooms. Yes, for stuff crab stuff mushrooms. You like to put it down. You eat at Applebee's. What is your problem with Applebee's? Start the show. My name is Roy. This is my job there. How do you do? Wonderful day here at the beautiful South Princeton Production Studios. JG, my co-pilot, she is here with me. Hello. Still missing a co-host. We're still working. We're working on that situation. I promise you we're getting it done. And uh, you know I always get excited when you do this to me, JG. Right. But we have a thing. Oh, <laughs> this episode we got a thing. As we wrap up Mental Health Awareness Month, we are going to be exploring everything in the world of mental health. We're going to be joined by professionals that are going to be talking about employment and job offers and career opportunities 
in the field of helping people get their mind right. We got my dog, Chris Gether, who did an HBO Hour special two, three years ago about just being out of his mind, depression, alcohol. Yo, it's, trust me, it was funny. But we're going to talk with him as well. Rod, for short, will be on the show as always. And, you know, he's going to, I'm sure, make Jacqueline sad. I guess that's technically mental health as well. Well, he doesn't make me sad. He he makes me perturbed. That's really what it is. Okay. Okay. So, you know, when we talk about mental health, you know, we joke a lot on this show, but that really is a field where now that we're on the other side of the pandemic, I, I don't think we're on the other side, but the CDC says we're on the other side. Uh, there's a lot of people that are coming out of their holes with a lot mm-hmm. of stress. You have mm-hmm. not had a lot of people reaching out. You've dealt with emotional pain you've dealt with fiscal stress you've dealt with losing loved ones and not even being able to mourn them myself included shout out aunt rose and there's going to be more of a need for people who can assist folks you know in this space especially children as well oh my god the kids so i think this is this is um it's dope that we get to do this Stoked that we get to use this acoustical radio presentation to delve a little bit into that. And I'm actually happy that even as a society, JG, that we even have a conversation about mental health because, you know, we both black and from the South. There was no discussion about how you feel. Correct. It was get it together and move on. Get Jesus all you need a deal <laughs> and Jesus going to fix everything that's going on with you. I mean, you know, I've been feeling some kind of way about our family, and I just really think it would be dope if we could just talk to Jesus. Correct. Have you talked to your pastor? Well, I did, but he just asked me for more money so he could buy a Ferrari. Well, talk to another pastor. Yeah. In their defense, though, they, they didn't understand two, three generations before us. They didn't understand the importance of mental health. They really didn't. I also think that it's not fair for our generation to attack our parents. You know, there, there's a there's a there's there's a there's a contingency of people, especially black people, you know, in that 35 to 45 mm-hmm. range who are well, I remember and them didn't even do. They were also just trying to get home without white folks killing them. Mm hmm dealing with your own traumas and dealing with your own issues. And I truly believe that a lot of the choices that our parents made were in the spirit of attempting to protect us. It'd be different if they knew better and still made the choice to blah, 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 blah. But you do the best you have for what you got. And now you know better. And now you ain't got to always go to Jesus. Yeah. You can go to the therapist. Absolutely. I think they were just surviving. And that's what they tried to transfer to us because I've seen a therapist because I needed to learn some things about myself and other people. And what I learned. I go to therapy now. Oh, okay. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, 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 no. What I learned, I think, is super important and very helpful for me. I learned that I cannot expect me from other people. That was valuable to me. Yeah. Ooh, elaborate. Elaborate on that one, Jack. You know that I'm going to give you 115% no matter what I'm doing. And younger me, we I always thought everyone else did the same. And they don't. 
So oh. I talked to a therapist and she said, you can't in the whole, just the grand scheme of it. The meat was, I can't expect me from everyone else. So that was super valuable for me to learn in my twenties. But my parents couldn't teach me that. No, because they were too busy just trying to work. Yeah. And just and trying they to would, keep the lights on. Oh, yeah. And they would say things like, well, just keep working hard. And I'm like, no, there's something not working here. Working hard isn't enough sometimes. Yeah, you just need to just toughen up. Just man up. Yeah. Girl, when I was your, did you know your granddaddy then walked to school backwards on broken glass and the yes. Klan was beating him in the classroom and he still yeah. got his GED? Absolutely. A college degree to them. Oh, I've made it. There was nothing else that solves all your problems. That's what that was it. I solved everything by getting a college degree. And I was like, no, there's something missing here. So, yeah, they didn't know any better. My dad thought when I left one job to go to another, that was just crazy. You need to put in 40 years before you leave one job. No. Well, you know why they thought that of you. What? Cause you need a Jesus. <laughs> you need the Lord to help you through this thing. You don't need no therapist professional who understands the human condition and everything that you're going through. Mm -hmm. Not you need the Lord. Uh, so yeah, mental health is what we're gonna try to wade our way through without. Very saying important. anything ignorant and irresponsible, but I do think it's important to normalize the stigma that is around seeking care. And even if you don't have health insurance, there's a lot of free resources out there. There's a lot of people you can talk to. Hell, mm -hmm. go on Reddit and get on a message board. There's somebody. Yes. If you go on Twitter, you can at least find somebody. You go, hey, I'm in pain. At least seven of them 10 tweets are going to be people who will care and concern. Now, the mother three you can't read. <laughs> Because them motherfuckers crazy. Yes. They're going to talk shit to you. Well, kill yourself then with your no. stupid ass. They'll Twitter. Have, you see, you you only, you be in the nice part of Twitter. Mm -hmm. I do. Where everybody cut their grass and, you know, everything's yeah. all nice and appropriate. I be over there in that hood graffiti. <laughs> I'm I'm in the part of Twitter where there's two dead bodies on the ground and some oh rat nibbling God. It's the part of Twitter I regular. That's why. That's why I'm a regular. No, I'm over there where people are like, "It's gonna be a good day, and the sun is shining where I am. I hope it's shining where you are." Speaking of uh, mental health, give me that email. Well, you said somebody from Georgia sent us an email Georgia? talking about some upliftment. Oh, we got a picture of a cute dog. I don't think that's what you're talking about, though. This is the email I was talking about. So. Okay. This is TG from Georgia who reached mm -hmm. out to the show. He's been binging the podcast or whatever. He says he was in round two of three job interviews for a job that he's now started. Listen to the podcast on the way to the interview. Another podcast on the way back from the interview. Okay. Two and a half hour ride. And he said he's going to be moving his family to this town now where he got the job. Is it his dream job? No. Okay. Is it in his field? Yes. Was it worth the risk? Absolutely. Because yes. now I work in a place where I belong. Don't get no better than that. That is outstanding. Congratulations. Before we do the podcast. See, you ain't got to always just come on the show and tell us about your worst job or your first job mm -hmm. or a scam. Just tell us what you're going through. 
Yeah. People want to hear that. Thank you. Thank you to TG from over there in Georgia. Matter of fact, you drove two and a half hours. You got hired. And now you're going to take your family with you. And now you feel a little bit better about yourself providing. It's going to be a little new environment. And the kids going to have to fight a little bit to prove they worth. But you give them a knife, they'll be fine. Congratulations. TG from Georgia is Cody's most outstanding employee of the week. Hit me with it, Lawrence. Cody's most outstanding employee of the week. All right, here we go, Jacqueline. Worst of first time. This is where we invite you, the job fair listener, to come on the program and share with us either your worst job or your first job. Employment is like sex. We all have something that was extremely memorable, and we all have one that we wish we could do again because deep down, now that you know better, you know how to handle the position. No? Okay, just me. Uh, joining us, I know usually I let you introduce these people, Jacqueline, but this this brother's a friend. Mm-hmm. He's legitimately a friend. He has a new hour special that will be premiering on Amazon Prime, Apple TV, Pluto, and Peacock. The special is titled Half My Life. But the reason why I asked him on for mental health awareness is that he had a previous hour special from a couple of years ago on HBO where he talked about depression, mm. alcoholism, suicide, addiction, mental health, going to therapy. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Chris Gethard. Chris. That introduction was intense. An honor and a pleasure, sir. I've never been introduced to someone shouting the word suicide. Well, you know what, man? <laughs> <laughs> Show your love. Chris, before we get into yeah. your worst job or your first job, when did you make the decision when you looked at yourself and what you had been going through and go, you know what, fuck it, I'm going to start talking about this shit in public. People need to know. It kind of built, and then it hit a breaking point. I was um, I was at UCB when UCB was the UCB we all heard about. The you improv know? troupe where SNL was plucking legends left and right. Yeah, and like all these people you've seen on TV and who write the TV you love were all in one place. It was this golden age. And then... I, in in its later days, it really artists had it had a bad vibe, and I admit that. But I realized, like, I'm never going to be the funniest person here. You know, like I'm going on stage with Amy Poehler and Jason Sudeikis and Bobby Moynihan, and going on stage with Seth Meyers doing these shows. I'm like, I'll never be the funniest one. But I realized that I was not scared to be honest, and I, I want. I I bet I can be the most honest one. So I tell stories on stage and I just committed to this idea of like, just hide nothing. And I did spend my, you know, many, many years of my life, very depressed, very scared, um, very lonely. And I found that going on stage has been the consistent thing in my life where I felt like I was in control. Yes. I felt safe up there. And then fuck that's church. Keep going. Yeah. Right. Like I get to control things here and, and, it's funny because you've seen me on stage and then you've talked to me off stage and it can be very hard to talk to me off stage. I get very flustered very easily. And, uh, but on stage I can, I can summon a little bit of swagger and, and do my thing. Um, so yeah. And then, then I had my public access TV show and we take phone calls and, you know, we were doing an hour of live TV every week. And sometimes people call up and they'd say, I'd say, how you doing? Oh, I'm having a bad day. And I'd go, why? Mm-hmm. And then they'd tell me something. Oh, I've had, I've had experiences like that. And it just would come out organically. And then mm-hmm. kind of became known as a thing I was talking about. And then I was um, in 2014, 
I, I went to Mike Birbiglia around the end of 2013 and I, I was, I was pretty established, but I knew I could learn a lot from him, especially in the storytelling style. And I really always admired him. I went to him, I said, Mike, if you never ever need an opener, like I, I, I would, it would be eye opening. And he, he took me out and it, so studying so much of how he handles storytelling was valuable. Learning how to be on the road was valuable. Um, and we were on the road one night and you know, as well as anybody, like it was like we did Wichita and now we're driving to Iowa city and it's dark out and there's nothing really to see in that stretch when it's light out, it's yeah. just flat. You're not even making turns. Like you Great pray planes, that you could, baby. you like wish there was a red light. So you'd stop <laughs> and something new. Would Highway happen. hypnosis. Yes. You know what I mean? And in those moments, I feel like artists tend to really start, talking about everything and, and mike said to me he's like what's he's like you've talked about the depression stuff but i'm sure there's stuff you don't talk about like what's the darkest that ever got and we were friends at that point and i told him a story about a time i tried to crash a car on purpose and he just looked at me when i was done and probably only four or five people in my life knew that story at that point with the level of detail i shared with him and he just looks at me he goes you got to tell that on stage. That's hilarious. And I was like, dude, that is the least hilarious thing. That's a closely guarded secret that I've held close to my vest for 13 years at that point. He's like, you got to try it. So he had a show at union hall and he, where he works out material, he said, come do chunks. And I would go do chunks and his audience is so accustomed to storytelling and, and stuff that's emotional. And, it just it it started to work and 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 the crazy part man was like everybody bombs but bombing with that material was uh a loneliness i hope i never know again as an artist just when you're out there talking about a suicide attempt and being met with like silence and then one cough it's just like oh my god this is what cool story bro whatever because normal bombing right you're like oh, i i took a swing and i missed and this one i'm like they're they're mad i'm putting them through this like that's what yeah. they're getting for their money and this isn't a fictitious joke i this is what really happened i can't go back and change the beats of no, the story i'm telling you about like severe side effects to medications and we're halfway through but i gotta finish the story and but what would happen that what became very, very inspiring and motivating was people started waiting for me after shows. Mm. Um, and like, I'd be in the show and I'd hear one, I'd hear like silence. And then I'd hear like one or two people spread out, like get, trying to stifle laughing because they were laughing so hard. And they'd wait for me after shows and they'd be like, oh, I've been on Ritalin for years. That was awesome. And I'm like, mm. whoa, okay, okay. So now this is a matter. The mission statement became, how do I get all the people who haven't shared mental illness to understand? And that's who that show really became for. And what blew my mind and that makes me stand by that show is I had a number of experiences. I had people come up to me. The first time it happened was uh, I did the show at Union Hall, the full show, and, and a girl came up to me afterwards and goes, I dated this guy, he was bipolar and it got really intense and I ghosted on him and just mm. disappeared. And I've always felt really guilty. And I'm wondering if you have any advice, I wanna reach out to him right now. And I was like, well, why don't you just email him and just say exactly what you said to me? Um, and 
she was like, really? You think that would go along? And I was like, also, let me tell you, like dating people like me, it's not e like there's people I've dated who have horror stories and they and it's real and it's not their fault. And you that's real. But if you let him know that you get it a little bit more now, I bet it would go a long way. And she like ran off and heard from people who said that they had doctors recommend putting their children on medication and they resisted that because they're children and remember this couple saying to me like we're not going to go put them on medication but we're going to talk to that doctor again and really hear them a little more and had someone in chicago i did a q a after the show and someone told me um i i lost my brother to suicide and i've i've never understood what he possibly could have been thinking and i you just did a thing that made me realize what he might have been thinking so you hear things like that and it's like okay like yeah, I'm putting the audience through something. I'm putting myself through something, but how can you not, you know? Like, how can you not mm -hmm. try when you're hearing things like that? So I'm not trying to pat myself back on, myself on the back too hard, but that was kind of the evolution was, it was really difficult. And then, and then those conversations were just extremely motivating. Beautiful. I know we have you on for something totally different, which is just either your worst job or your first job, but... Thank you so much for sharing that. That's that's something that I didn't even know. I didn't know that it was a, tried to crash a car. It's just you hear people try to kill themselves, and the naive thing you do as on the other side of that conversation, I just look at you and decide what it might have been, and then right. in my head that's what did what you it think? Is. Because what did you think? I, did? I don't want. I thought I thought pills. Ah, I, I thought, thought about it. I've thought about it. I've considered it for for the people who can't see you who are just out walking yeah. about right now, Chris. It's just a regular, nice, yeah. cool-ass, skinny white dude. Not quite Best Thank Buy you. Geek Squad cool. physique. You're saying cool. Cool is a misrepresentation. That's you being nice to me, and I appreciate Trader it. Trader Joe's but... Produce Department employee <laughs> yes. Yes. build. That makes sense. Um, yeah, no, So it was... when I heard, oh, he tried to kill himself, I just look at you. like That's what black people do, because we don't even ask deeper questions or why or what. It's just... Oh yeah, probably white boy got glasses, redhead, yeah, pills. <laughs> like in my yeah. head, that's just what it was. So it was. I mean, I considered hanging for a while. I I cut myself a couple times. See how that went. I really, I you know, I I sampled the, I I sampled before I bought, but I was in this situation where um, that I was going very fast, um, and this the car in front of me put his blinker on, and started to turn then veered back and i had this moment where i realized if i could hit the brake right now but if i don't mm. it was like this split second thing where i just went mm. i'm not hitting the fucking brake and i had thought about doing that for a while because in a very sad way it was like, now my parents don't have to be the parents of that kid. Now my parents don't have to go to the supermarket and somebody whispers, you know, or if my mom goes to church, people aren't looking out of the side of the eye that, cause we all know, like you get curious, you wonder, even today, we all know, right? Like you hear that someone died and you know, it's in your circle and everybody's talking about it on social media and you're sitting here going, they're not saying what he died from. Was it drugs or was it suicide? You know? And it's like, yeah. Now the people in my life I leave behind don't have to be judged on my behalf, which is kind of a sick thing that we do. Chris, how did you how did you 
turn the corner? You've pricked so many hearts and and minds. How did you turn the corner? Um, it's a really good question. There's a show I had started years ago, a storytelling show called The Nights of Our Lives, where it would be the blank night of my life. So this was the 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 best night of my life. And mm -hmm. I said, this is actually going to be extremely sad. Um, I was driving home one night from doing a show and I was living this life where I was trying to hide from everything. And what I would do is just, I was, I had a full-time college load. I was working a full-time job. I was going into the city to do shows four or five nights a week. And my philosophy was just, I feel so fucked up. And if I, if I work at this pace, nobody can ask me about it. And if somebody does, I can go, I'm so sorry, I got to go do a show tonight. And if somebody at the mm -hmm. show says something seems off with you and go, you know what, I got to get back to Jersey because I got a class tomorrow at Rutgers. And then if somebody at Rutgers asks, hey, I'm really sorry, I, my boss just called me to go to work, you know? Mm -hmm. So I was exhausted. Mm -hmm. Trying to keep up, yeah. Tr trying to hide it. Mm -hmm. And so mentally exhausted, not physically exhausted. I was driving home one night at about 1.30 in the morning and uh, started just couldn't breathe started crying my face went numb which for me that was mm -hmm. that was oh i don't know if that happens to other people but when, when i would have these breakdowns I, I would go oh god the two things that were so weird colors look brighter to me and i'm going oh this is about to be bad and then i'll start to get pins and needles in my face probably from like like not being able to breathe and i pulled over in a bank parking lot i never forgot and I had this ex-girlfriend who owed me nothing. She put up, she bore the brunt of my illness more than anybody. And she tried to help me and I lashed out at her and pushed mm -hmm. her away. She owed me not a thing. And she picked up the phone and um, and I said to her, I go, I, 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 I'm, I don't know what's going on, but I'm losing it again. And I probably called her cause she had seen it before. You know, I couldn't hide it from her. We had dated for a couple of years and uh, she finally hit a breaking point and said um she 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 knew my my father at the time was living um in Puerto Rico for work so she knew it was just me and my mom and she said look here's what's going to happen like i don't care that it's 2 a.m. at this point you're you're going to go home you're going to wake up your mom and you're going to tell her what's going on with you and she goes, because I'm, I'm really sorry, but I'm calling her tomorrow. Mm. So now's your chance to tell her. And if you don't, I am. So it was not mm. my decision. I, I would be dead if not for her. There's a small handful of people in my life who I know I would be dead. I would have I would have done something awful if not for them. And that, that was the greatest night of my life because I actually reached out to someone in an honest way and they actually held my feet to the fire and delivered i, I know we just met man. yeah I, I know we just met and please forgive me for digging but i'm curious please i'm a notoriously open book well, thank you <laughs> two things and i promise i'll i'll cease the cutting did it release a pain or it was in my case done in the hopes that someone would notice and step in mm -hmm. like i i was unable because because it's funny like let's keep in mind i grew up in north jersey mm. in the 80s like oh. 
you had to be tough. Like even people who weren't tough, like watch your own back, you know, like people are out to get you. You're going to get kidnapped and thrown in a van. Oh. Guidos are going to make funny. My, 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 the, yeah. the, the bullying I saw my brother take was um, profound, profound. And he's open about this. Um, a profound level of bullying. And then my mom would go to the school and say, this happened. And they'd go, well, that kid's, father beats him so we're not going to suspend him because he'll get thrashed and my mom would go well then so i grew up i, I it, it took a lot a lot a lot for me to strip away all this stuff it, it, it wasn't um it wasn't very easy it wasn't very easy and i'm sorry i'm, I'm i just went off on that tangent and got a little emotional no so no no tangents exact, man what was the exact question i apologize jack no, no you answered you it. answered it oh good 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 if I may, if I may, I remember a night, another night that saved me though, with the cutting where I was one of the, I look back and I go, this was one of the most demented states I ever wound up in. When I was in college, I lived in a house with seven other guys and I lived in the attic. Mm -hmm. And one night I went in my room and uh, took off, uh, I was wearing a pair of basketball shorts, nothing else. And I had a Casio keyboard and I turned off all the lights and sat in the room for like an hour. And I don't know how to play piano, just hitting keys on this thing in this sort of like manic fit. And I had a roommate. He's actually uh, one of one of my best friends to this day. He's actually the um, Amber Ruffin sidekick on his, on her show right now on Peacock. Peacock uh, Tarek Davis is his name. Wow. Great, great, great guy. Great friend of mine. We did comedy together in college. And he finally came upstairs and knocked on the door and was like, dude, what is going on with the, with the keyboard? And he opened my door and, and the light came in and he saw me sitting there and he just went, what is going on, man? And um, I was like, nothing, man, I'm good. And he turned on the light and he saw that on my right along here, like um, mm -hmm. on the underside of my arm, there's a big gash. And he just goes, what is that? Did you do that? And I looked at him and I was like, I'm, I'm okay. I promise I'm okay. So I kind of non-answered and... Tarek David for comedy fans who are enjoying Amber's show, which is everything I see from Amber's show is interesting and smart and funny. If you are a fan of Tarek, you should also know this about what a true friend is. When I graduated college, <clears throat> excuse me, we had a party at my house and Tarek arrived. And before he did anything else, he, he said, where's your mom? Mm. And I told him and he walked up to her and he said, Mrs. Gethard, uh, you should have known about that. And I can't say that I, I'll never let Chris get like that again, but I can promise you if I see it, you will know next time. Yeah. And that is like, that is a dude who, we don't see each other all that often anymore, but I know if he texted me right now and said, I need help, I'd, I'd be I'd be in the car before I even And that's all you need, going, man. You know? That's all you need. Mm -hmm. I, I think this, there's an illusion in that friendship must be, we talk every day and check in every time. Just make sure it's as strong as the last time we talked. And if it's that, then we're good. And that's all that matters. Brother, so much goddamn good sharing today. I mean, not this will only further enhance the comedians who want to be like, go through the fucking fake emo. Like that, which is <laughs> not many of them. But I mean, you know, you know comedians well enough to know. Yes. I only... I'll get it's a shtick. Every hundred comments that are positive, I will ignore. And the one person who's like, this is pussy shit. Like, that's the one that sticks with me. Yes, so, always. Uh, now, to the reason why you called. 
originally. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, worst job or your first job? Lay one on us. I'm going to spill some tea that I've never talked about publicly, Roy, and this mm -hmm. is because of my admiration for you. Shop yeah, exclusive. Burr, burr, burr. Fake I've, air horn. I have no air horn budget. For the past couple of years, people have asked me, and this is not blowing smoke. And I want to make you feel uncomfortable because I feel like we connect when we're at shows. But people ask me, who's your favorite comedian? I say, Roy Wood. Like, love it. Love, I watch Damn. Roy. Never walk out of the room when Roy's on. Like, love it. So for you, Damn, bro. I'll put something out here. And I, I've hesitated because... I never, ever, ever want to talk shit about somebody else in the comedy world. I just said how it hurts me. And I want to be clear. I am not talking bad. This person did nothing wrong. It just was a, a number of things smashed into each other in one day. A convergence. <laughs> yes. And someone who, right. okay. So in 2004, I worked a job as a writer's assistant on a show for Comedy Central. It was like my first full-time making money comedy job. And comedy Central was in full steam ahead. That's yeah. Chappelle Comedy Central. That's Crank Anchors Gen 1. Mm -hmm. Comedy Central. Daily Show, of course. I don't even think... Shit, John Oliver was still doing stand-up regularly. I Back this was a show days. called Crossballs and it was like a, I think it was maybe after the Daily Show. I don't know if it was in that slot before Colbert if it followed Colbert. It was the like a debate show parody. Like it was a prank show. So it 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 hardball crossfire. It was that format, but one person would be booked and have no idea the other three people were actors. Oh. Uh, and it and, was and like discussing like a real issue. Yeah, so some like there was one episode where I'll never forget. There was one we couldn't air because the guy flipped out and he came in and he was like pro guns. Oh, and Matt Besser, who who um you know founded the UCB and was the guy who created the show, he was in character going, "I don't need guns. Like I don't want to ban guns because guns are bad. I think that it, it weak humans use guns and I kill animals with rocks only. It's just insanity oh, and incendiary then the, shit. And yeah." This Oh, and he said he at one point he said something like, you can't have a gun on you right now, but they can't stop me. And I have a rock. And the guy thought he was starting <laughs> to kill him. And the episode never aired. It was insane. So Besser, Besser has like been a mentor to me, but he's he wants stuff done the right way. He wants it done fast. And he was in charge of this show. And it it was, you know, it was one of those strip shows, just more, 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 more. You, you know, better than anybody, like can't slow down. So. I was his assistant on that show and that reflected well on me that I got it done. And I came back to New York afterwards and I get a call one day that's like, we hear that you did a good job on that show. Uh, we have another person that needs a writer's assistant for a project. Will you come in? So I go, I, I don't know who it is. I go to the, the Comedy Central offices and I'm brought into Doug Herzog's office, who was the president. I, I, I don't president know. President of the network. President of the network. I'm like, whoa, this is bigger deal than I thought. And he's sitting there with Robert Smigel. Robert Smigel, who triumphed the insult comic dog. Famed Conan writer for decades. I was Conan just going to say, one of the brain trusts that formed what Conan was, which was a massively influential show to me, all these things I love. All SNL. Correct. In the a year lot of 2000, the in the year 2000. Uh, he was the mouth moving in the Bill Clinton thing with Conan, you know, like the when they would, 
do that bit, the, the ambiguously yeah. gay duo, like brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. But another guy who, when he's working, he wants things done. He wants them done quick. He wants them done right. And I respect that. That is admirable. And I need to reiterate, I'm not trying to talk bad about Robert. So they bring me in, they go, we hear you did a great job on that show. We have an intense project. That was an intense project. We have a, a boss who's going to be really clear, but you got to step up. We hear you just did that. I go, this would be a huge honor. Turns out they were sending Triumph the Insult comic dog to the Republican National Convention that was in New York. I think I remember it was that. 2004, I believe. I remember so they said, we want to get classic. Triumph a press pass and just go cause trouble. I go, this is amazing. I love Triumph. I love chaos. <laughs> I love subversive comedy. Let's go. So uh, I interviewed, never hear anything. I assume I didn't get the job. Then one day I get an email from Robert Smigel and he goes, hey, um, the funding that we had lined up fell through, but I th still think this is a really good idea. I liked the cut of your jib. I remember he used that phrase. I liked the cut of your jib when we talked. <laughs> I'm going to do this to myself on the cheap and we're just going to go renegade. Would you want to help? I write back. I'm like, of course. Like this would be a dream. Like fucking with the Republican National Convention alongside Triumph the Insult Comic Dog. Like this is, that's a dream. It's legendary shit. So he writes back and he goes, cool. I'll, um, I'll let you know in the next day or two how we're going to do it and what you need to do. And then I just don't hear from him. And it's the, the night before the Republican national convention. And I still haven't heard from him. So I assume, okay, like he decided not to do it or he decided to go with someone else or industry whatever. shit. Like, yeah. It's fine. Yeah. So I'm living in Fairfield, New Jersey with my mom. It's like 45 minutes outside the city. And I'm asleep. It's about seven in the morning, the day the Republican convention is going to start. And my mom, out of nowhere, is pounding on my door. And that's not my mom. That's not my mom. So I assume, I mean, I assume someone's dead. Hey, yeah, like, yeah this is fuck? on fire. Like something really bad is happening. And I, I go, I'm like, what? What's going on? My mom flings open the door it's the old school phones you know it's 2004 she's covering the mouthpiece she goes there's some comedy writer on the phone with you and like he seems really intense and and he says he got to talk to you right now and i'm like oh my god and i'm like still like three quarters asleep <laughs> yeah. like i probably did a show the night before and got home at two you know so i get on the phone and he's like hey it's my goal man you good to go i'm like okay okay he's like here's what i need I've had uh, a ton of writers write me jokes. I have a big document. I went through, I put the ones that I like in bold. I need you to go through, grab all the ones in bold, get them in one document, send that back to me so it's just the cream of the crop jokes. And then after that, you got to get to the city. I'm like, got it. Sounds so like far so good. Need to do it quick. I can tell from the tone of voice, but let's get it done. So get out of bed, run to take a shower just to wake myself up. Mm-hmm. And when I say run, I mean, I walk out of my room into the bathroom. I'm in the shower. It's not my, it's like a, maybe a brief moment where my mom's going, well, who was that? And I say, it's this guy he wrote for Conan, blah, blah. It, I'm in the shower within two minutes. And within two minutes of being in the shower, bang, 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 bang. <laughs> my mom banging on the door. Uh -huh. And I'm, I'm like, what? 
what what <laughs> and i go yeah mom what's up she opens the door she goes the comedy writer he's on the phone again the comedy writer's on the phone again <laughs> so like, now okay. you're naked Dude, i'm naked in the shower and i take the phone from her and i stick my head out and the shower's still hitting my body and i go yeah what's up man and he goes I- i'm assuming he's gonna go i need you to also do this this and this mm-hmm. instead he goes uh where's that document excuse me Exactly. I go, excuse me? And he goes, the document I sent over, I need to know where it is, man. I asked you to do it. And I said, oh, it was, I, I, I tell you, I wasn't, you know, you didn't give me a heads up. So I, I'm ju- I just woke up. So I, I stuck my head in the to shower. boot up, up your computer would take. Yes. I'm telling you, like, I, obviously, I'm a comedian. I exaggerate. You know, there's times where I go, am I remembering this right? But if it wasn't less than five minutes, it was certainly less than 10. It was an unreasonable amount of time to, call to copy paste. Back. It was wild. So at this point, I'm like sensing. This is when that's when I realize when I'm sticking my head out of a shower on a portable phone. That's when I realize, oh, I'm in, I'm, I'm in the middle of 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 a fiasco. This is I didn't know this was coming, and and I'm being blindsided by something, and I got to get oh, my head in the shit. game, and. Sprint to my computer, wearing a towel. I don't stop and put clothes on. I dry off, get to my computer. I have the email from him. It has the attachment. And I open it. And have you, I I don't know that this happens anymore. They may have corrected whatever caused this. But do you remember that every once in a while, you would get a corrupted file. And it would just be like wingdings. In between every word. You'd get Every three letter. letters and then a, and then a, a dollar sign and an asterisk and then eight yes. parentheses and yes because it was all different versions of Word or he sent a Word Perfect document but you opened it in Word or vice versa that's still exactly. Word Perfect days that old like early two thousands late nineties things was like uh, he might have wrote this on a Mac so he sent it as it a non compatible file yeah that shit it was gibberish oh absolute oh. gibberish oh, no. and i'm going through oh no and, and at this point it's like heart palpitations oh, going he's no. called twice he's called twice oh no and this is going to take a lot longer than he thinks and i'm reading through it and and i start to realize i'm in like high octane adrenaline mode i'm going okay there's a joke there's a joke and i can see the writer's names mm-hmm. and i the only one i remember was there's a comic who I haven't seen in a while. He's around New York forever named Liam McAnini. And I'm like, okay, there's Liam's joke. Okay, I'm sorting out where the names are and where the jokes are, blah, blah, blah. And nothing's bolded. So I call him back. He's like, what's up? You got the file? I go, we got a problem. He's like, what? And now he's starting to get pissed. And I go, the file came through, but it's corrupted. There's Uh-oh. all this junk on it, all these characters. Mm-hmm. I can get all the jokes back. I'm seeing the writer's names. I can... Decipher where the jokes are. None of them are bolded. Do you want me to do that? He goes, yeah, I'll, I'll see if I can get the file better, but you do that for now so I can save the jokes. So I go through and I'm doing that. He calls again four or five minutes later. So this is this is. So four... we're 20 minutes from you were yeah. asleep. To, we're 20 minutes in. This is the fourth phone call. Sound asleep thinking this project was not something I was working on to now four minutes by se- four calls by 7.30 a.m. And 
he calls back. He's like, how's that going? I'm like, I'm almost done. I'm like 80% there. It's been tough, but I'll get so you you're, the jokes. So you're doing it. So doing you're it. doing it. Wow. Step, and stepping up. And like, and he's, he's like, yeah, get, get it back to me. I already did the bold. So that was a waste of time. It might be useless. And, um, okay. You're in Jersey, right? I go, yeah. He goes, how long does it take you to get the city? I go, I can drive, um, probably 35, 40 minutes without traffic. RNC, there might be traffic at the Lincoln mm -hmm. Tunnel because it's right near MSG, but I can say 35, Road 40 blocks, minutes. all of that. Who oh knows? Oh, my Lord. He goes, okay, okay, okay. Um, I'll see who else is in the city and can maybe get there, and then I'll tell you where to meet us. I did not speak to Robert Smigel again for at probably a solid 13 years. I was in the same room with him a couple times. There were like times where I'd be at some show and what? he'd be in the green room too, or at you know go to like a TV show taping and he's in the the writers' room. Bitch! And I'd just be there and be like, I don't know if I say anything. And then there was one when I was doing my other TV show, uh, my my old TV show, my talk show, and we wound up. Oh. He, it, it, he was doing the Triumph show on Adult Swim, and my show was about oh, to wrap for the season, shit. and they were taking over our office space. So he was touring the the office space, and he came into my office. He's like, "Hey, man!" I'm like, "Oh my god, how are you?" And he's like, "I'm good." He's like, "I've been meaning to tell you, like, your show is really out there, but in a way, I think is cool. Like, I think it's you're doing good stuff." I was like, "That means you've made some of my favorite crazy shit. Like, so we're making crazy shit here. That's awesome." He's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks, man. All right, I gotta go." And I can say so honestly that I do not think he remembers oh that it no. was me yes. that was that kid that got put through the meat grinder that day. Oh, and I, the best. <laughs> he never I called almost, you. Dude, never <laughs> called me back. And I saw him 13 years later and was like, is he still mad at me? And was scared to say, <laughs> I've never to this day said to him, like, hey, do you know I was your assistant for a day? But my favorite part, I almost forgot the best part, dude. So he calls again. Okay, I'll call you back. I'll let you know if we need you, where you should be, when. Get me the file. I'm like, okay, okay, okay. And my mom's watching me typing in the towel. Parents panic. love it when they see their kid making it. Like, ooh, he's doing the comedy. <laughs> no, it's dude, happening for him. The opposite. So I hang up with him. I send him the file. Uh-oh. And I, like, let out a deep breath. And I go and I sit on the couch in our living room. And I'm just kind of like sitting there. And my mom sits down on the other end of the couch and just looks at me and goes, what just happened and who was that? And I was like, I don't even. It's an I Emmy mean, winner, mom. An Emmy winner like, called my house. But I always think of that moment of my mom looking like she just saw like an explosion. Like looking like, like she just saw like a bomb go off in a public place just looking at me just going what what just happened what just happened because she was getting yelled at on the phone too i was getting oh. yelled at and again robert smigel did nothing wrong like the everything he said tracks with someone who works at a high level mm -hmm. has high standards and was in a situation like we're going to invade the rnc today i'm not mad at him it was just the most overwhelming head spinning experience i've ever had in entertainment and, and in a workplace by far. It very much is the thing where 
when you're planning something that guerrilla, everybody's just got to converge at once. Like, they would have been better off just giving everybody a rally point. Eight in the morning, everybody be here. We'll figure out the rest of that shit later. Yes. And you were just too far away from the city. Logistically, it just, you were, you were fucked before he called you. And my guess, which I imagine you have versions of this with The Daily Show. I imagine you all have had this as well. My guess, looking back on it, is he probably was trying to back-channel press passes up until the moment he called me. Mm -hmm. Like, I bet he found out he had access at 6.45 and called his inner circle, and then I was, like, 10th on the list, and it was boom, go, boom, go. That's my guess. Well, it's also how many... How many passes do you have? Exactly. It's things like that. My guess is that it was all logistics and and he You just it, got lost in the sauce because you were a non-essential worker, bro. Like that at the Daily Show, when we go to the RNC, we share the same credential. Hmm. When you see a correspondent right. on the floor, you'll never see two correspondents and it's we literally go in and out. All right, Roy, you're in from one to three, come back out, give the credential to Desi. She goes in three to five, give it to Klepper. And you just pass it like a fucking That's random wild. fucking ticket. Yeah, because they're stingy with that shit with the press. They're not going to let you, even pre-Trump, they're not going to let you roll 12 deep with the whole crew. Like That's, That's my guess. That's my guess is that he's a creative, brilliant guy who's probably so focused on that and maybe wasn't the best communicator on this project. And then he needed somebody to delegate. That motherfucker needed some delegation. (laughs) They for sure got in. I'm watching the clips right now on YouTube. So they were in there without you. (laughs) They They did. Definitely in there. I think it's not on my IMDb though. No writing. (laughs) None of it. None of it. His special is Half My Life, June 1st, Amazon Prime, Apple TV, Pluto, and Peacock. Chris Gethard, when I say I love you and respect you, brother, thank you so much for coming on the job fair for mental health awareness. This conversation was much longer than expected, but much more needed, Mm -hmm. much more needed than I think a lot of people realize, brother. I'm not editing a syllable of this. Well, it's... uh... It's easy when you know you're in safe hands. And uh, Robert Smigel, you if you're listening to this, please remit payment to Chris Gethard for his 20 <laughs> minutes of work uh, per the SAG-AFTRA agreement. We've talked. I don't know if he knows. <laughs> he doesn't fucking know. I want to know. <laughs> he owes you. He owes you $20, bro. What if he has known the whole time, though? What if 15 years later we were in the same room and he was like, that's that kid who fucked everything up for me. What if he had known the whole time? It's actually on you for not having a Mac and a PC. So that's your fault. There you go. (laughs) Chris, thank you, brother. You're the best, man. Thank you, guys. Oh, man. He's great, man. Oh, what a wonderful roller coaster of emotions. But hey, it's Mental Health Awareness Week. It's Mental Health Awareness. He shared a lot. Big thank you to the homie Chris Gether. You can watch his new hour special, Half My Life. It premieres June 1st on Amazon Prime, Apple TV, Pluto, Peacock. It's probably on a VHS at a barbershop, already on bootleg. After the break, we're going to explore the world of careers in mental health. How can you help people help themselves without always leaning on the Lord? We should have got a pastor. Oh.
we should have got a pastor, but then I would have started grilling them, and then y'all would have said I ain't Christian, and then my mama wouldn't let me home for Thanksgiving, because none of that's true. I'm rambling. Job fair. We'll be right back. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com iHeart. That's LifeLock.com iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Are you on the hunt for a new home this spring? But don't know where to start? Fisher Homes is your solution. Your new home should reflect you from the front door to the kitchen and even your outdoor space. Start your journey by selecting your ideal home site, like in a cul-de-sac or that's tree-lined, and then choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans. Bring it all together at our Lifestyle Design Center. Let Fisher Homes be your new home solution this spring and start making memories at fisherhomes.com. Roy's Job Fair, we are back. We are talking mental health this week. 
I know we have a couple of people lined up that are going to talk to us about career fields and what they do and how they're going to you know, jump into that swimming pool and make a little bit of money helping people. Uh, we'll meet them in a second. Jacqueline, I'm, the more I think about it, we should have had a pastor. I like that idea. But it's, it's good. Mm, what? Because I'm not anti-religious. Here's my thing. Anytime you said you have to be careful in how you frame the conversation around religion and mental health. I think that religion is beneficial. I think that religion is a good thing. I think it is. I am definitely a better person because I was raised in the church because I needed them couple years of vacation Bible school. That's the only reason got me straight in college because I'd have been all the way off a cliff morally. But I often feel like people treat religion like the sole meal. And it's like the food pyramid of wellness. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know how they say, you, you, you have been on a diet and they go, eat a little corner. Of, your plate should be this much greens, this much starch, and this much. And I feel like some people have a little too much religion in a mental health food pyramid. And I think it needs to happen in conjunction with other things. And that's the conversation I would like to have with the pastor is about how do we maintain the balance between the two? And but then see, you, go ahead. You booked the wrong, you booked the wrong pastor. And then a pastor start talking about all that other mental health stuff ain't the thing. And then I hang up in his face. <laughs> and I don't Number do that. one, you're not going to hang up in his face or her face. Number two, what would happen is you would balance the discussion just like you just said. And we wouldn't book someone who's uber religious per se. I don't know the best way to say that. But we would book someone that could have a genuine discussion. Dang it, man. Why do you say that earlier? That would have been a good one. Pastor, is it important that people also maintain mental health by going to therapy? And just, no, all you need is the law. That is not true. The law is what you need. No. Let's explore the careers, as we always do around this part of the show. Royjobfair at gmail.com if you want to be a part of the show. If your company is hiring, you know, we would love to hear from mm -hmm. you. And we'd Love to have you on the program. We're talking mental health today. JG, rack them up. Who do we have first? We have Amy with us first. She is a mental health therapist with super cute hair, and she's fostering change and healing through unconditional positive acceptance, Roy. Unconditional positive acceptance. Amy, walk me through what that is, because that on, on the surface, that sounds like I got to put up with somebody's shit no matter what. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Roy, thank you for having me. I'm a huge fan. I'm kind of geeking out right now. Oh, um, no, you're fine. But yeah. <laughs> um, so unconditional positive regard. That's I, I feel like that's just like a fancy therapy way of saying unconditional love, right? Like, what is it that we need as children in order to flourish, right? We need to be accepted for who we are, regardless of what we've done, the mistakes we've made. And that's my favorite thing to offer my clients. So tell us a little bit about the positions you're hiring for over there. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So I pulled up our job by page uh, because we have so many. We've got physicians, physicians assistants, um, project managers, medical assistants, LVNs, nurses, We've got people on our sales team that they're hiring for. Um, we have what's called our host call center where they take in like the patient calls, hiring there, hiring for care navigators, which is kind of like a social worker. Um, they handle like our um, 
our patient referrals, like if they need a specialist or something like that. So really just across the board and then things that are also, like I said, sales positions like that, that aren't necessarily in the medical field, but still getting to work with medical providers. Mm -hmm. Amy, any holistic thoughts about things we can do at home for our mental health? Yes. So when I talk about um, integrating spiritual practices with people, I, it can be as simple as like going outside barefoot, right? Mm -hmm. Getting your feet in the grass, grounding with like, this is going to sound like woo-woo out there, but like grounding with the frequency of the earth. There's something about that connection through your bare feet. Um, you know, whatever, whatever it is that causes you to be in awe, right? Like, how often are we actually in awe of things? Like, whatever that is for you, go do that. And it looks different for, for lots of people. But um, for me, as you can probably guess, it's getting outside. Being outside in nature is a big one for me. So this whole time, Black folks been talking about white folks walking around barefoot. And it turns out y'all was in tune with the earth and we out here with sneakers on. That's why we so frustrated, Jacqueline, because we ain't took our shoes off. That's the problem. That's a problem. Look, I had to say it. Somebody, Jacqueline wasn't going to say it. No. I had to bring it up. So where can people apply for these positions? Jobvite is the site, J-O-B-V-I-T-E. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. We appreciate you. Thank you for everything that you're doing for people. This was great. See that, JG? Mental health. And she's a pastor, so she can tell you about the Lord. Absolutely. See, see, see what you need in Jesus. Okay. And Amy, thank you so much for coming on the job fair. Appreciate that. Thank you all so much. I appreciate thank it. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you, Amy. Bye. What a warm soul, Jacqueline. She what is. What a warm, warm soul. She's right about getting right with the earth, though. Like, mm -hmm. you have to definitely, like, figure out a way. to. Like, my girlfriend likes to walk in. Like, she's one of those nature trail listen to the waterfall and hear it and whatever that thing is for you i know it sounds corny but you got to do that man have you done it You've have got to you do taken that. off your shoes and just stood in the grass i am scheduled to go to a baseball game in new york city next week nice my first live sporting event in two years and i'm so excited that doesn't I'm mean you're going to so, take off your shoes, though. That's my proverbial taking off shoes. I'm not okay. going to take my shoes off at Yankees. It's the Bronx, Jacqueline. Have you ever <laughs> rode the subway in New York City? Let's keep it moving. I know we got a double up today for mental health awareness. Who do we have next for the job fair? We're going to talk to Sadie. And Sadie helps in the company that she works with treat individuals and families struggling with addiction mental illness and homelessness in southwest washington sadie thank you so so much for coming on the program that is a mouthful the jacqueline has just hit us with your company let me make sure i get this right your company assists families that are dealing with mental health issues families that have been afflicted by addiction and also the homeless community in southwest washington yeah okay we serve families, but also um, I serve a lot of individuals that have um, severe and persistent mental illness. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them live alone or live in like a assisted living facility um, or are homeless. Mm -hmm. And something that everyone has really suffered from is, is that I've seen is feeling lonely. And 
on top of that, yeah, the, the housing has been extremely difficult. So a lot of struggle finding housing. Our agency does have a housing program. So we're lucky in that we can make a referral to the housing program for those clients. So tell us a little bit about the positions that you all are hiring for over there. So we are hiring for mental health clinician, which is my role. It's um, a master's level position. And I believe our agency also has case managers and peer counselors. Mm -hmm. And I believe they are hiring uh, for those positions as well. And where can people go to apply for these positions? Um, You can go to um, csnw.org. We recently merged with CMAR, so that will redirect you to the CMAR job site, or you could go just go directly to CMAR.org. Sadie, what's the hardest part of your job? Because you're about to make me cry, seriously. That's a good question. Um, sometimes I, I think maybe just feeling like I can't do enough to support, like you can, like we work to empower our clients to like help learn tools to make things better for themselves, but just just being able to, yeah, like wave a magic wand and help them find housing and things like that is hard. So how do you not take the work? Yeah, or do, you, on, take yeah, or do you take it? Yeah, Roy. How do you deal yeah. with it by taking it? We have home? really good support um, from our team and from management. That's really awesome. And then just practicing the making sure I do things in my downtime that I enjoy doing, like baking and running and being outdoors. Do you have pets? I don't have pets. I see you got plants back there. So you got a green phone. I try not to kill my plants. <laughs> all right. Well, Sadie, thank you so much for what you do. Thank you for coming on the show and sharing all of this. And whenever I get up there to Southwest Washington, I will retch out to you and get you some comedy club tickets. I never really play that part of the country often. Like I get to Tacoma about every two years. I get to Portland like every five. And for one reason or another, I end up in Medford, Oregon. Every huh. six or seven years. I know, right? Very random, right? Yeah, I actually live in Portland. Um, so I'm right across the river in, in Vancouver, but I live in Portland. So. Perfect, perfect, perfect. All right, well, thank you so much for coming on the show. So much. <laughs> All right, have a good one. That was great, Jacqueline. That was great. Two votes for going outside to get in tune, to calm yourself a little bit, to be able to reset. But we have to get you to take your shoes off and tell us about the experience. I'm not taking my fucking shoes off outside. I don't care how many people come on the show and say that it helps you connect with the earth. What I will do is look upward at the rain while the rain falls and let the chemicals within the acid rain drizzle down my face. I do enjoy a nice, good drizzle outside. Is it because you're also crying as that rain falls on your face? Is that what's happening? When the rain falls on my face, no one can tell the difference. And that's how you hide the pain. Hey, after the break, Rod for short will be on. Is he well? I'm going to talk to him about walking around barefoot to see what he got to say. Rod's an international player. He's probably done more things barefoot than we should allow him to share. (laughs) We'll also have the scam of the week. Job fair. We'll be right back. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles, ready for next day installation, and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com, that's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 
24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Are you on the hunt for a new home this spring, but don't know where to start? Fisher Homes is your solution. Your new home should reflect you from the front door to the kitchen and even your outdoor space. Start your journey by selecting your ideal home site, like in a cul-de-sac or that's tree-lined, and then choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans. Bring it all together at our Lifestyle Design Center. Let Fisher Homes be your new home solution this spring and start making memories at fisherhomes.com. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy. And we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. Royce Job Fair, we are back. Mental Health Week, JG. Those two women were nice. They both believe in going outside barefoot so you can be in tune with the earth. I'm not quite sure as a black person if I can go outside barefoot, but I'll give it a shot. You said you're going to give it a shot? Wait, 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 wait. wait let me wait. give it a shot. I we want pictures. Shot, but it's got to be on grass. Hell no, I ain't going to show you on my feet. <laughs> With us on the show now is a man who's probably knocked off a couple of barefoot women when he saw them in the grocery store. (laughs) He comes to us from parts unknown. He is our resident black people, white people-ologist helping you break the ice with co-workers of an opposite race. His mama named him Narado. The streets call him Rod for short. Rod, how you doing today, brother? What's up? What's up? What's up? What's going down, man? I'm, I'm doing good. How y'all doing? Good. Right. We just had two white women on the show talking about uh, mental health, and they were giving ways in which you can get in tune with yourself and keep yourself calm. And one thing that both of them suggested was going outside. One of them said, barefoot. You got to let your feet touch the earth and feel the energy of the earth. 
Mm-hmm. Do you walk around barefoot outdoors? I do, man. I've always been to that. You know, back in high school, a lot of people used to used to call me Eric Benet because I would sometimes just show up to events with no shoes or socks on. I told you. Yeah. Like if we were going to an event in a park or something, I would just leave the house sans shoes and socks. I told you. But you, but you never... You are one of the most intriguing individuals, right? <laughs> you don't. Well, fuck it. Like, you're not. Like, what if they get to shooting or something? Like, I always. Like, I don't even wear sandals. That's how much I love shoes. I don't even put the sandals. <laughs> because sandals. Yes, Jacqueline, don't tilt your head at me. I don't wear sandals because you can't make a quick getaway. The only time I wear sandals is at the beach. Period. People can get to shooting at the beach. Thank you. And, it depends on the beach. You got to go somewhere. Uh, well, even I, in shoes, if you get sand, it really don't matter. Ain't no quick getaway. So, I mean, <laughs> I guess you can just wear sandals. It wouldn't matter if you was wearing Air Max. <laughs> Rod, what are you sipping on as we push through this segment here today? I got a little uh, emotional support Kahlua going right now in my Christmas mug. Did you just add emotional support because it's mental health is the thing? You can't. You can't put emotional support in front of alcohol. You, who are you to tell me that? Who who died and made you a master of ceremonies of emotional health awareness month? Is this your month? No, it is not, Rod. Emotional support, Kalua. Get with it. Get the people something to break the ice with. Flip a coin. I'll let you decide who to start with this week. You know, before we get started, man, I just, I just want to say that... Uh, I think uh, uh, mental health is very important. I'm glad we're observing this month. I always tell people that that's like your most important health thing you can take care of. Because if you got your mental health in order, everything else falls in line. Man, it's like one of the biggest secrets to life. Keep your keep your head space and your heart space in order, and everything else is cool, man. That's actually what I went to school for. I uh, majored in psychology. And I minored in uh, white girls who used their dad's credit card to chop up gator tails. Now I'm talking about. <laughs> no, Rod. I do not know what you're talking about. I, I never know what you're talking about, Rod. But I digress. Uh, white people breaking the ice with your black coworkers. The only thing that most black people do to deal with their mental health is watch Yala Fix My Life with Yala Van Zandt. And uh, mm-hmm. this season is very special. It's the it's the final season. She's oh. she's shutting it all down. So white people get in on a marathon and uh, get close. You know, get some black people in your life to open up about mental health by watching that show and talking about it. She's kind of like Black Doctor Phil mm-hmm. in a way, mm-hmm. where she goes and she's a little more drill sergeant than Doctor Phil. Doctor Phil is kind of. Well, what is the problem? And Yana's like, the problem is that you look at her right now. Look at the pain you're putting her through. Look at her <laughs> eyes. Coming all up in my house, yelling at Yeah, me. it's very much like like finally pissing your grandmother off and making her get upset. That's what it's like being on that show. Is there any reason why it's getting canceled? Is she just creatively burnt out? You said it's 10 seasons. That's a long run for any program. I don't yeah, know. She, she shut it down now. It. Oh, so yeah, she she's fixed all the lives. <laughs> well, she says she, she doesn't like that. It seems like 
uh, a lot of the people calling the show are uh, kind of like trying to get in on some BS. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the viewers are attaching on to the wrong thing. And she doesn't want the show to move into uh, the exploitative side of uh, fixing people's problems. So she just wants to make a clean break because before it becomes a circus. Like Dr. Hill. So they didn't renegotiate her contract. Okay, go ahead. Moving on. You know, you know, how, you know, we're all mm-hmm. in the business. You know, we know what that means. But yeah, she... <laughs> I haven't watched an episode of Ayana Benzant um, in, a, in a while. Um, I do know that black people love to see her live because I was performing the same night as her in Boston across the street at a different venue. And I was wondering why my ticket sales was real low. And I came outside and I saw all them black people leaving the Ayana Benzant live show. <laughs> Shout out to Live Nation. You should have asked her if you could open for <laughs> I should have. As butt naked as it was where I was performing. Um, <laughs> do they have therapists on that show, Rod, or is it just Ayana herself? Ayanla. Ayanla. Every time I say her name, I pronounce it differently. Is it Dr. Van Zant? I know she sits both people down. You need to uh. fix it, and you need to stop doing what you're doing. But, like, in terms of the deeper conversation about unpacking trauma, because that's ultimately uh-huh. what her show helps black people do, which right. is part of why I, I enjoyed it, but I get it. It's. Are you watching it for the drama or are you watching for the how to heal parts of it? Did she bring in other professionals or it's always just been her, right? It's always just her. It's kind of like cheaters, but instead of like trying to catch people cheating, she just wants to talk to two people who've been cheated on in the past. Like it's just her and like two cameramen and a bodyguard. She ain't never been stabbed or nothing like that, like your old Joey Greco has. Oh my God, <laughs> that poor man. Do you remember that episode yes. of Cheetos? That was the funniest shit on earth. <laughs> I was stabbed! <laughs> we used to get together and watch it and bring potluck. It was so good. <laughs> he fell up on that boat and he stabbed me. <laughs> <laughs> So, all right, white people, bring it up to you, black coworkers, <laughs> that you enjoy watching the events and that you're sad that our show is going to be coming to an end. And then when they ask you if you watch anything else on the own network, you better have two more shows in your back pocket dimension. And that's real. <laughs> but it, that, but I'm serious, Rod. You're setting white people up a little bit, so we need to make sure that they, JG, pull up a couple more shows that's on own right now. So we can give these people some, because you can't bring it. Because like, own is such a niche network, right? It's such a specific type of. It caters to a specific type of black intelligentsia, right? Uh-huh. So you can't just go. Hey, I watching the young love, man, man, You better also say I love Queen Sugar. Or some, you better sprinkle in another show or two. Well, see, that's why I try to give white people something they can say that makes black people take over the conversation. That way you don't have to say much else. They won't ask any questions. They'll be too busy talking. I forgot about the haves and the have-nots. That's a good one. I haven't seen it because I don't have cable, but I forgot about them. I keep forgetting you're one of those. Right, give the... Flip the script. You're on a podcast that is funded by Comedy Central and iHeartRadio. You don't even have the decency to have cable. I Go have ahead, a jailbroken um, little stick. Let's Thank just you. stop talking. Oh, Jesus Christ. Jacqueline, you <laughs> You're about to get another call from Lee. I know, right? I know. Did you not uh, admit to crimes? On the- we need to cut <laughs> all of it. cable from the network that pays for this podcast and my salary. 
Lawrence, cut well all of it. <laughs> Nicely done. No, Lawrence, leave all that shit in. I hope they hear it too. Rod, give the black people something to bring up to their white coworkers at their job this week to break the ice. Well, in in in, in keeping with the theme of the show, this month and every month, it's dogs. I would uh like to, to go on record and say that, you know, emotional support animals, much yeah. like, like my emotional support, Kalua, can be like even more than man's best friend. And I, I want to give you a story from my personal life about emotional support animals for black people to talk to white people about. Uh, it's the wildest thing I've ever seen happen in a bar. Uh, when I first moved to Nashville in 2014, mm-hmm. I had been in town for about two months and I went down to this bar with some comics and I see this table of people and I see a guy who's like dressed up like a Vietnam veteran or something like that and then in the chair next to him I'm like what is is that a leg? He has propped his prosthetic leg up in the chair next to I guess it was itching or something. He popped it off his stump and just sat the same leg in the chair next to him. And then, you know, and there's another guy on the other side of the leg. So over the course of the night, him and the guy get into an argument. And I see the vet just dive on old boy and take him from the table to the floor. And he's on top of him, and he is beating this man's ass. And then I hear barking. <laughs> and, you know, I go around the table like, what is that? And old boy's emotional support canine, his service dog, has jumped in. So this dude is getting jumped <laughs> by a handicapable amputee and his fucking service dog. And I mean, I'm talking fuck them other niggas because I'm down for my niggas. His, Shout out to C Murder. His service dog is jumped. He didn't tag in like, like when they distract the ref in wrestling. And he tagged <laughs> the service dog and came in with a chair and hit this nigga in the back of the head. And the dude is punching old boy in the face and the dog is biting at his leg. I was like, this is some insane shit. Shout out to all the, the service animals and emotional support animals out there in this world. I mean, you got dogs of the shit, man. They all the way down. <laughs> Tell you this much. Wouldn't no emotional support cat have done that? <laughs> Amen me. to that. See, we're going to get emails about cats now. That's fine. Let them send. Let them send. And if there's a nice cat, we'll read the email. Rod, as always, we thank you. The podcast is Uncle Rod's Story Corner. Download it wherever you download your podcast, or maybe you can find it on a jailbroken fire stick that Jacqueline is willing to sell you. She clearly oh, has no. the hookup. I'm not selling that. Stealing cable from a lot of different people. Uh, he's also on Twitter, Rod the number four, S H O R T, Rod the number four short. Rod, thank you as always, partner. Um, I want you to hang around for a second this week, though. Um, okay. Get ready to get into the scam of the week now before we get into this scam of the week rod it's important that that we let you know that you are drifting into um 
a more buttoned down part of the program, Rod. We allow you to come on <laughs> and act the donkey and be yourself. But now that we've turned off your music and we're back to the regular part of the show, as best you can, just remember that now we're back out in public, okay? Okay, well, let me right. let me put on my job interview face. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just talking shit. Scam of the week. Uh... This one doesn't really have anything to do with mental health. I, I tried, but this one is too good. It's from a little earlier this year. And I really, really hope this is fake. Oh, damn. This is from last year. It's too late. I'm still going to read it. I got so excited when I saw it. Rapper Boosie Badass says he was scammed by $1 million by a fake Illuminati recruiter. I'm going to pause for a second and just let that sink in. <laughs> Boosie Badass, formerly known as Lil Boosie, was a victim of a scam that saw him parting ways with a million dollars back in 2014. According to Boosie, when he was released from prison, he was targeted by an Illuminati scam and was convinced that in order to dominate the rap game, he would need to sacrifice millions of dollars. Said Boosie, quote, they told me it's now or never, and I should prove myself worthy by making a million dollars in five months and giving it to them very quickly. They showed me pictures of rappers attending secret meetings, and I knew I was better than most of those niggas, but I was brainwashing to thinking that if I don't join, I'll never be bigger than what I was at the time. As soon as they got my million dollars, they were gone. Even if that's not true. Uh-huh. <laughs> It's still a beautiful, beautiful scam to just try to run on somebody. It seemed like it was easy. Fake Illuminati <laughs> recruitment. I, I, I hope this one was fake. I really hope this was fake. That is hilarious. I'm, I, I'm just going to say, I'm going to call real. it fake. I'm going to call it fake. But that was a fun read, right? That was fun to read. So... That's the show. Thank you to everybody who called in today with regards to mental health. Also, you know, if you are dealing with any issues, there's help out there for you. Call the Mental Health Services line 1-800-662-HELP. 1-800-662-4357-247-365. Thank you to Chris Gethard, JG. Thank you to you, as always, for helping keep the show on track. Uh, Roy's Job Fair is a production of iHeartMedia, South Park Principal Productions, and Comedy Central, which Jacqueline doesn't have because she does not That is not true, but I do want to have one last question. I know you're wrapping up. Will we see you on the road soon? Where can we find you? Oh, road dates. Friday, June 11th and 12th. Uh, I'll be in Philadelphia. Rod, when I get down south, bro, you gotta jump on stage. I keep forgetting to talk to you about that. Okay. Yeah, no doubt. Could talk about that. Yeah, I get out there. Uh, listen, um, I was I was reading up on that boosty thing you were talking about. Yeah. 2014, right? Yeah. Well, he did an interview with Double XL Magazine, an exclusive post-prison interview. And, uh, well, this is what he said, quote, but, you know, the media like to blow stuff up. I love God. I'm not no Illuminati. People wrote me in jail and told me I need to get out the Illuminati. What is that? Man, I don't know what y'all talking about. That ain't my people, man. What is the Illuminati? 
I read Psalms 35 every night. <laughs> okay, so then it is a fake story. That makes me feel good. <laughs> Torrance Hatch is not a member of the Illuminati. Uh, that's the show. Thank y'all as always. I appreciate you hanging around a little bit longer with us, man. We'll see y'all next week. This has been a Comedy Central podcast. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.